which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up, take up your bed and walk? He's saying in that story that it's just as easy to forgive your sins as it is to receive healing. It's just as easy to receive healing as it is to for your sins to be forgiven. It's just as easy. Most Christians on the planet know that it's easy for God to forgive them. They know that. They know that God will forgive them. But likewise, we need to renew our mind to say it's just as easy to get healed. The Lord just a couple of years ago, maybe three or four, slapped me upside the head by saying that to me. Because I said, why is it so hard to receive healing? It just seems like it's difficult. He says, it's not, but that's what you've thought for decades. And if you think that, then you'll believe that. But if you believe it's just as easy to get healed as it is to have your sins forgiven... It can happen just like, praise God. Amen. John 16.33 is our, year, our scripture for the year. The Amplified Version said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. You're going to have tribulation and trials, distress and frustration. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you. And I have conquered it for you. Praise God. We can, you know, back in January, we talked about hope. And you can nurture hope and all of the good things and all the promises of God inside you. There's a way to nurture those things that God has spoken to you for the word that you've deposited inside of you. And that is your imagination. Using your imagination to nurture the things that are inside of you. And so today is, imagine that. We're going to talk about imagination. It means this, if you look it up in the dictionary, it's a process or power of forming a mental image or something not real or present. The process or power of forming a mental image of something not real or present. And notice it's a process. Your imagination is a process, so you, you, it, it's not just oh, you think about something one time. No, it's many, many, many days or many, many weeks or many, many months. And this is the thing. If you are been sick for a long time or it's just been a way of life, you imagine and see yourself in that position. But if you can turn that around and start imagining yourself, if say like you got a bad knee or if you got a bad ankle and you can't run, if you can imagine yourself running, it will do wonders for you. I remember, I didn't know anything about this, but when I was young, uh, younger, I, I can correct myself real quick. When I was younger, I used to play a lot of sports. And softball was just, I love basketball and softball, but softball, I had a, size is not so much a deterrent because I was five foot six, five foot four when I was a teenager. I graduated five foot six. I've grown into the giant that I am today after I graduated. But anyway, uh, I used to imagine myself playing soft. I mean, I played softball, but I start imagining myself 
catching these unbelievable catches that would be on ESPN today. I would see myself diving for balls where my body was parallel to the ground. Just run and my body would be parallel to the ground and stretched out, catch it. I used to imagine myself. I did that for days, weeks, and months. I was ate up with softball. I played on different teams. I played on the church team, and then we had a work team, and I played on some other team. I would just play softball all the time. And after a while, I played the infield, and so I played third base, second base mostly. And uh, I remember playing third base in this one game. And uh, if you know much about softball, you play kind of close to the line but uh, and back because third base is where they hit the ball Line drives going Mach 1. If you're not ready, you'll be toothless. So uh, I remember this one time that sure enough, this guy hit a line drive shot, but it was a foul ball. But it was a line drive shot. I took two giant steps, and I dove. My body was parallel to the ground, and I caught the ball. My glove hit the fence. That's how far over I was when I caught it and stretched out and just dropped to the ground. Everybody whooped and hollered and everything. And after the game, of course, you know, you go and you shake hands with the, the opposing team saying, good game, good game, good game. And this one guy, he said, he says, that's the luckiest catch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and my interpretation was, you meant to say, that was the greatest catch I have ever seen in my life. And, I mean, when I got up and everything, everybody, my teammate was just staring at me like, did, did you catch that? You caught that. It's in your glove. How did you catch that? But that didn't just happen one time. That happened several times in my lifetime. And I believe it wasn't because I was so athletic. I, I mean, I, we practice all the time, and I did. But I believe that happened because I saw it happen. I saw it before it was manifested. And I didn't know that spiritual principle. But boy, did it ever work for me. I mean, I caught all kinds of crazy, I mean, things that I just thought, man, I wish this was recorded somehow. I would like to have seen it. Just catch after catch after catch. And people just thought, man, first of all, if you're five foot six, you do have to work harder than the guy who's six foot. He doesn't have to stretch as far. But my point is this, seeing something in your heart, in your mind, to the point to where you know that you can do it, or you know that this is going to happen. You know it's going to happen. How do you see yourself today? We all have an image of who we are on the inside. No matter how you act on the outside, no matter what you're portraying on the outside, but how do you really see yourself on the inside? How do you see yourself in, with the finances? Do you see yourself always struggling? Because if that's how you, you can quote, my God provides all of my need according to his rich, you can quote that all of you, all you want. But if you're seeing a different picture than what you're saying, Something's going crosswise. Now, the great thing is, if you quote it long enough, it should give you a different mental picture. That's the goal of confessing the word. Are you hearing me? 
you confess the word enough to where you get a different picture of what you are, how you are living in life. And if you're saying things like, well, you know, I've always lived in the little bitty houses, you know, and that's just, you know, it's just the way our, my dad did, my grandpa did. We just live in little houses and, you know, we're, we're happy today. If you're happy with that, that's fine. But inside, if you would like to live in a bigger house, you better see yourself in a bigger house. You got to see yourself. You got to see yourself healed. You got to see yourself prospering. You got to see yourself doing great business deals. You got to see your business growing. You got to see it. Listen to me. If you don't, you're always going to be at the limitation of what your boss dictates to you. Mm. People say, well, you know, I would like to move up in the company, but you know, my boss this and my boss that. And, and again, when I was in my early 20s, I applied for a position in charge of the aircraft operation in Louisville. And um, my boss, I wasn't one of his drinking buddies. So he put his drinking buddies in charge of that. And uh, everybody, I didn't make a big deal about it, but all of the people that I worked with, back then FedEx was just little bitty company. <laughs> we had seven delivery routes for all of southern Indiana and Louisville and the surrounding area, seven delivery routes. And um, so that's how small it was. But... Um, we had a plane that came in, and we had needed somebody to be in charge of the aircraft operation. I, and I loved aircraft, and that's what I wanted to do. I, I got passed over. When, lo and behold, about three months, I didn't make a big stink about it or anything. About three months later, the regional boss over the whole Northeast came to visit in Louisville. And he just interviewed each one of us, asked us questions, and he said, I just want you to know this won't go outside the room. I just want to know what you think of the company. I go, this is the best thing that's ever, I mean, happened to me. I bled blue and orange, man. I was FedEx from head to toe. And um, I would do anything. Now, I did do anything for that company when I worked for him. But when he started interviewing other people, it came out in their interview that, well, Mike Davis should have got that job. He got passed over. He should have had that job. So the guy, he called me in. He was his last day. He called me in again, and I thought, dear Lord, I did something wrong or screwed up or what. Call me in again, and he says, I understand. He says, I looked at your. Um, <clears throat> you had to fill out some kind of document, you know, to apply for that job. He said, I looked at it, and he said, um, I noticed, you know, you didn't get it. I go, No, I didn't. But I said, the guy who got it, he was a friend of mine as well. I said, Harry's a good guy, man. He'll do a good job, and. Uh, the guy said, well, everybody here that I've interviewed, it came up that you should have got that job. I went, what? And to make a long story short, before that supervisor left, I was in charge of the aircraft operation. This is what the Lord taught me. I was so hungry for God back in then. The Lord said this. He says, if you will rely upon me, no man can stop what I've called and destined you for. Your dreams are not hindered. Listen to me. Your dreams are not hindered by any man or any demon or anybody else or any relative, your in-laws, 
or anybody else. If you believe. If you believe. So how do you see yourself? If you believe, you know, that what's going on this planet today is just unbelievable. But I'm telling you, the devil and the enemy wants everybody to become a victim, to think that you can't do it because you're a victim, because of your skin color, because of your lack of education, or because of your weight, or because of your size, because you ain't pretty enough. If that's what you believe. But God says, I'm bigger than anything. And nobody can stand and take away from you what you believe and what God is talking to you about and what you are talking to God about. So a lot of you need to just quit watching the news. You know, there was 12 spies when Israel was delivered from Egypt. They were going into the promised land. Moses sent out 12 spies. He said, we want you to spy out the land, see what it looks like. They came back, man, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Whoa, they brought back two guys carried a cluster of grapes. Two, it, can you imagine? I just imagine. I'm going to have one of them because it had to be about every one of them about the size of a basketball. or It, it, it had to be bigger than a regular grape. I don't know about you, but I'm not the strongest guy in the gym, but I do know I can carry a cluster of grapes just me by myself. And it took them two, two guys to carry a big cluster of grapes. That means they were a little bit bigger than what we buy at Safeway. But anyway, they brought back the, all of this. And, but this is the report. Even though it was all of this beautiful land flowing with all this beautiful vegetables and stuff. In Numbers chapter 13, 33, it says, There we saw the giants. There were giants and the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and we, and so we were in their sight. This is how they saw themselves. And because they saw themselves like that, they did not get to go into the promised land. But God said, I have given you that land. I've given you that land. I have given it to you. And he says, I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to fight for you. You just go in, and I'll fight the good fight of faith for you. I'm going to do this. He said, because that's your land. But they thought, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And because they saw, imagine, they were not able to possess the promise that God gave them. It's the same today. God's given all the promises are yes and all of the promises are. But you have to see yourself walking in that promise, believing that promise, that that promise is yours. Amen? Jacob was working for Laban. You know, he, he saw this beautiful woman, Rachel, and so he says, I will work for her for seven years. That will be my pay. Pretty good. My father-in-law goes, Check, done. I get free labor for seven years. I give you my daughter, okay? And then he was, Laban was crooked. He was wicked, man. So Rachel was the younger daughter. So, and their custom was that you had to 
the older daughter had to be given first, but he didn't tell Jacob that. He let the dude work for seven years, and then on the wedding night, he gives Jacob Leah. The next morning, everybody's shocked. Rachel's shocked, Jacob's shocked, shocked, and Leah thinks, hi. (laughs) Bless her little heart. Laban says, well, if you work seven more years, I'll give you Rachel. So he worked 14 years. So he, he just was just trying every which way to be unfair to Jacob. And so um, Jacob's getting ready to leave, and Laban talks him into it. says, no, you just tell me your wages, and I'll pay you. So he knew that he was getting blessed because of Jacob. And so in Numbers chapter 13, 33, oh, that's the wrong one. Genesis chapter 30. I'm sorry, that was the last one. Genesis chapter 30, 37, it says, Now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, and he peeled white stripes in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters and the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the street and the brown and the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves, and he did put them with Laban's flock. So this is what Jacob said. He says, okay, you know, I'm going to take all the speckled and spotted lambs and goats and all the flocks that are like that, they're going to be mine. Laban said, okay, good enough. So Jacob strips off these strips of bark, puts them in front of the watering trough, so when you see in the watering trough, you see the reflection of the speckled and spotted on these leaves. So what was Jacob doing? He was getting himself, even though that was a white lamb coming up there, goat, he saw the reflection, it was no longer white, it was speckled and spotted. He was working on his imagination that every lamb, every goat, every animal I see is going to be speckled and spotted. He was using this imagination. So, I mean, it's not like, you know, he wasn't doing some kind of sorcery thing like, I'm going to put this in there. You're going to be speckled. You're going to be speckled. No, he wasn't doing that. He was getting himself, listen to me, he was getting himself to see something so what he saw would be manifested. God did that with Abraham. Abraham, you're going to have a bunch of kids. Uh, I'm pretty old. You know, I don't think that can happen. Look at the stars. I want you to see the stars. And every time you see the stars, that's your kids. Look at the sand. Every time you see the sand, it's going to be the number of your kids. Had him circumcised. Every time you go to the bathroom. You are Abraham, the father of many nations. He changed his name from Abram to Abraham when he got circumcised. I mean, that's two or three times a day. He got reminded, hey, you're Abraham, father of many nations. What was he getting him to do? To see. To see something that he's not seen before. God wants you to see something in your business. He wants you to see something different that you've never seen before. I'm telling you. James Allen, this is a quote from him. He said, good 
thoughts and actions can never produce bad results. Bad thoughts and actions can never produce good results. Let a man radically alter his thoughts, and he will be astounded at the rapid transformation he will affect in the material conditions of his life. That's a book called As a Man Thinketh. And, of course, in Proverbs 23, it says, As a man thinketh, so is he. So is he. I'm telling you, we need to see things differently. You need to see your relationship with God differently. Instead of just a legalistic, judgmental God, you need to see your God as the ultimate father of all fathers. See your God that way. Let your imagination go. What kind of father uh, would you like to have? I'll tell you what, I would like to have a father. He says, you know, Dad, my vehicle is kind of old. I'd like to have a new vehicle. Just believing that you'll help me to get a new vehicle. A good father would go, I'll make that happen. A good father would say, you know, I've been having problems in my, in my body. And a good father would say, I'll make sure to take care of everything so you can have a healthy body. Would that be a good father? A good father would say, you know, I can give you creativity, the ability to invent things that have never been thought of before. I mean, I mean do you know there's still things that have never been thought of? There's things that have never been invented. Would everybody agree with that? There's things still not been invented, things that still have not been created. Millions and billions of things. And the God who knows all things has all that creativity. He is the God of creativity. And we are created in his image. Which means there's creativity inside of you. There's the ability to invent something that has never been invented before, never been thought of before. It's in you. I don't know about you, but that just makes me want to spend time with God to say, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> if you don't know that song, that's all right. And after I sing it, you still may not know that song. But anyway. I've got to skip over a bunch here. You know, the Bible talks about where there is no vision, people perish. Another way to see that is where there's no imagination, people perish. If you're not seeing something, if you're not seeing something, I'm telling you, Pueblo is ripe for harvest, for things to be invented, businesses to be started, for things to explode. Ephesians 3.20 says this. This is a message translation. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by punishing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. So what he's saying, let me just read it from the Passion Translation as well. Can you pull up the Passion Translation on that? Ephesians 3.20. Is that the Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest requests, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. Exceed your wildest imagination. This is just... 
because we are created in his image. You, know, you probably are familiar with the story in Genesis 11, 6, when the people, they, all the people that were on the planet were going against what God said. He says, I want you to be scattered, replenish the earth. And so what they do, they all gathered at one place and they started building a tower, Babel. He says, behold, God said this. Behold, the people are one. They have all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing, listen to what God said about them. Nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. You don't think imagination is strong? He said nothing. This is people who are going against the will of God. And here we are as Christians, we're trying to cross every T, dot every I, and live perfect before God so we can, you know, walk in his promises. No, you know what you need to do? You need to crank up your imagination and start doing some imagination on your bed and driving down the road and everywhere you go. Start imagining the promises of God. Start imagining, I want to start a business. Start imagining money comes to me. Start imagining things that are so spectacular that you don't even want to tell them to people because they go, well, that's crazy. You're nuts. Everybody who's done something so awesome on this planet, whether it's to create an aircraft that will go faster than the speed of sound, people thought that was impossible. Now every aircraft, is, I mean, now it's how fast can we make it? Mach 2, Mach 3, Mach 4, Mach 5. That's five times the speed of sound. The speed of sound is around 720 miles an hour at sea level. 700 times 5, that's 3,500 miles an hour. I don't know about you, but that just turns my crank. <laughs> and it turns it pretty fast going 3,500 miles an hour. It's possible. It's possible. You just have to have somebody to see it up here. Start seeing things that haven't been seen before. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not seen yet. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means it's not been seen. It exists in the spiritual realm. God's waiting. Listen to me. God is waiting for some bold person, some man, some woman, some child to say, I'm going to dip into the spiritual realm and I'm going to bring it out and make it happen in the physical realm. But you got to see it. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Short and sweet. Just start seeing things. And you can even ask God, God, I need you to start showing me some things to be seen. He said, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think or above anything you can imagine. Well, just start asking God, God, how can, how can this be done? It seems like there ought to be an easier way to do this. How can it be? If you start questioning yourself, how, okay, this, they say this is like this, and I, I, I need to be able to do that. And people go, oh, that's not been done before. just means God's waiting on somebody to see it. I read this one story when the boy, both the boys were real small. They were really into 4-H archery. 
so I was studying archery and all of this, and we got him new bows and everything, and there was this one guy that I read an article that he wanted God to give him a better idea of a bow. One day, lo and behold, he was praying, talking to God, and God downloaded a brand new way of making a bow. And I forgot his name, but um, anybody know his name? He's a Christian believer, and he became a multi-multi-millionaire because he thought of a way to make a bow better. You can make a car better. You can make a bow better. You can make anything better. You can make up makeup better, lipstick better, eyeliner, all that stuff. Hair dye, just it, it, it's limitless. It's limitless what any anything can be better. God's just waiting on you, but we accept. Well, this is just the way it is. I hate that expression. Well, this is just the way it is. There's people out there that go, that's the way it is, but I'm going to believe I can change it. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we just believe creativity is in the center of each and every one of us. The ability to invent is inside of us. And so may hope spring up inside of people. And people that don't have any hope, and maybe there's people who don't uh, think, well, I just don't have anything. I'm going to give you something today that you can hope and imagine. And that is to see miracles at Rocky Mountain Family Church. To see absolute astounding miracles. Start imagining that. You say, well, I just don't have anything. Well, let's start there. Let's start with saying marriage is being restored. Let's start relationships with children being restored. Let's start with seeing the supernatural that, you know, that no counselor could fix it. But God says, I'm a fixer of everything that is broken and that is a pile of ashes. I can bring something beautiful out of ashes. When the doctor says, there's no way this can happen, and, and they come to church, and while they're worshiping God, they're supernaturally healed. Imagine that. Imagine that. Let's imagine for finances to come in and we can buy homes and purchase homes for single women and, and single moms and people that are struggling. We can help them in Jesus' name. Imagine that. Oh, there's so many ministry, so much ministry that God says, imagine it. Well, I just don't have the money. Well, imagine it first. Imagine it first. <laughs> if you see it, it shall surely in Jesus' name, amen. Remember that movie, Field of Dreams? If you build it, you know, the baseball field, if you build it, they will come. I don't remember much about the movie, but it was entertaining. You have to see something before it's going to be manifest.